Guy is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com slash audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. That was tight. <laughs> we got the intro win, boys. Episode 13, Jinxed. We're on our way. And, and this is the first episode that uh, we, I actually named it before we recorded. And normally we sort of sit around together and figure out what the title is. But three times we've tried to record this. <laughs> nice new headphones, Paul. Yeah. My, uh, Skull candies. My, uh, my Sony snapped. Uh, I crazy glued them and... Uh, that didn't oh, work because I had Sony Envy. Because remember, your <laughs> headphone, your headphones were a hell of a lot nicer. Th- than these mine. are neat. I'll show you later. Uh, they they had me at the. Uh, there's a, a beer bottle opener hidden in the uh, hidden pouch on top. <laughs> 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 so we finally made it together, boys. I tried to record on the Sunday when I was up at the Whispering Pines Park with uh, Terry and Kasha and. Uh, we had a bunch of people there, and then uh, we even had a microphone set up by the fire to get the ambiance, and and then the mixer died. So I've switched all our audio equipment to Brand new equipment. Deutschland made. Wow. Oh, very good. Yes, and you have to help me with the pronunciation here, uh, Greg. It's a Beringer. Sounds good to me. Beringer. Made in Beringer, Germany by Germans, uh, hand-assembled. Hand Beringer. You know, uh, the, the Chinese people who made the previous mixer failed us. We know that they make a lot of fine quality products, like the iPhone in my pocket, but just not that mixer, which we're not going to name. All right. And I'm just going <laughs> to say to all the uh, good listeners out there, I will stop to <sighs> breathe in the microphone this week. So <laughs> I, I, listen to the, I listen to the podcast just as well as everybody else, and I will stop to breathe. Yes. We are back, <sighs> folks. Many improvements. Uh, one of them being that we are... Uh, very shortly going to be joining the BCN Network. That's the Bear Crawling Nation of Podcasts. I am going to put a little post on the site uh, with Tell links me, to their sites. This is, this is brand new news to me, too, sitting down the Brand studio. new what's news. The, uh, what's the Bear, Bear Crawling Network? It's, it's a tiny group of, of podcasts, like-minded podcasts, uh, from the edge. They, uh, they're, they're entertaining. Uh, and uh, Big he- C. Heavy drinkers fly by the seat of their pants. <laughs> there you go. That our, sounds our we, have of, <laughs> we have a lot in common then. We have a lot in common. There are United mm-hmm. States brothers from other mothers kind of thing. You were on their podcast, weren't you? Uh, I, was, I was on uh, one of their podcasts. I was on with uh, Kelly and Hugh of the Bear Crawling Roadshow. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they live stream. So there's a little Ooh, bit more pressure than pressure. over here. Yeah. Like we we can just stop okay. recording at any point and just have a break. Those, well, yeah, you guys all know that we don't do this live. <laughs> we have a live audience today, but they're not. You're not probably not going to hear too much from them. Maybe just a little bit of applause here. And you there. know, if if we stream, yeah, we have uh, Bob, our friends Bob and Terry are here in the studio and uh, sitting around and uh, listen to this uh, silliness happen live. And uh, yeah, we. I guess say right now, if we stream live, we would definitely need an explicit tag on all all our shows. Yes. If we stream live, we would need about four hours to get every episode done. So you can go to bearcrawlingnation.com and take a look at what they have there. And uh, we're soon going to post the link. Now, our Ministry of Podcast site is going to be spun off into a separate podcast stream. Uh, we're not sure what we're going to do with it yet. But we're probably going to do a bunch of di- different little podcasts in, in that stream. And uh, let's see. Where are we going to start off, boys? What we're what, reading? What are we reading? What we finished? What, what we finished? What we're bringing? What we finished. What we're bringing. 
I got uh, Ender's Game. I think uh, we all recall a few weeks ago when we had the NPR list up, and uh, to my surprise, maybe yours as well, uh, Ender's Game ended up on number three, and it was a book I'd never heard of. Yes, I, so, I, I've, uh, I've plowed through most of the Ender series. You see, now you, Paul, you uh, recommended it highly, so I thought, okay, if we're going to pick one off the list, then uh, I'll take that one. So well, I've, we, uh, we will I've discuss it when you, when you, uh, I think you're going to do it today? Is yeah, we got it today, yeah. I perfect. got it today, perfect. We'll chat about the character of Ender and, and the series. I finished the Handbook for Lightning Strike Survivors like two weeks ago. I just finished Michael Moore's um, Here Comes Trouble. Yeah, you said you were going to take the bullet on that one. <laughs> Do you feel, still feel like it was I, taking a bullet? I'm rewinding on that. I, I just, uh, here comes the explicit tag. Is douchebag okay for explicit? Is I'm that, okay with douchebag. Okay. I think so, we can get away with that. You know, most of, uh, I didn't know much about Michael Moore. I'll get into it later when I ta- discuss the book, but I really thought of it as picking up that book. Everyone was looking at this book on the table like it had wings and blood was dripping out of it. Nobody wanted it. I was like, I'll take the bullet. And yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> It was really okay. entertaining. What, what, else, what else have you seen from him, though? I mean, have you seen any of his movies? I've watched... All I knew about Michael Moore was, was his movies. Um, uh, I actually saw him once at the Toronto International Film Festival. You and saw him at the Borat. That's uh, right. At yeah, the Borat that was, that was we'll, awesome. We'll just, I'll, just, I'll tell that story later. Uh, and I finished that, and I'm just starting, uh, actually, Sweet Tea and Secrets by Nancy Nagel my on my finished, iPad. My wife finished that. Oh. She loved it. Excellent. Yeah. Maybe uh, when I bring it up, we could uh, maybe we could we'll, we'll secretly call Candace and uh, <laughs> on probably, Skype. Yeah, we could probably call her. There you go. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Uh, maybe you know what? How about we set that up for next week? Yeah. I'll see if I, I, I just actually oh. just started the book, and it starts with uh, there's a, a a party for the grandma and the family, and I just really enjoy that chapter, and I can't wait to finish the rest of the book. She saw, I brought it home. She saw the cover. She was done. She needed a break from uh, Game of Thrones series, so she picked right. it up just for something light. And uh, yeah, she said she enjoyed it. She brought it in the bathroom and not the, not not, not, she not to not, say that it's a bathroom. Not, not to say it's a bathroom <laughs> Bible. She reads in the in the tub. Okay. So. Well, any book can become a bathroom Bible if you just bring it in the john and spend enough time in there. Really, I mean, she she does the tub. She has a you know. <laughs> then you get that annoying butt ring. We need a new jingle for the ba- for the, uh, the the tub the bathtub. Uh, you know, mm. we'll figure it out. Oh, we'll I, you know, a bubble I saw bath, that in uh, a bubble bath book. I started to watch back issues of Castle, and that's what uh, the Nikki Heat, what's her name, uh, the Nikki Heat character does. Back episodes? Epi- yeah, Beckett. Beckett, thank you. Okay. Beckett. Detective no, Beckett. That's back episodes. Back episodes. <laughs> back episodes. So I started watching the back episodes, because I actually want to do that, and I'd like to read the books, too. So have have you done any of the graphic novels? Because I was looking on, on the, uh, the Comixology app, uh, and I saw that there was a bunch of them there, and I was thinking about it. Well, I think for comic books, I'm going to go with the uh, the DC re-releases before I do anything else. You know, I'm I'm usually very reluctant to pay 99 cents for a digital comic book. I'll pay 99 cents for a lesser-known author on Amazon because I'm going to get 10 hours or five hours of entertainment for that dollar. Where a comic book for me, especially on the iPad, it just swipe, 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 swipe. There goes a dollar. I could probably go through 30 of them an hour. Can't afford that. Yeah. Like, you know, and I don't get a physical copy to keep and collect or give to kids or pass around to someone else. It's, you or know. keep in the bathroom. Yeah, or keep in the bathroom, right. <laughs> I finally finished the uh, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, which... Uh, Say it again, please. Th- Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Thank you. And uh, that was a slog. It was educational, uh, emotional. I, I, I'm, uh, I feel like it was an accomplishment and I'm very uh, pleased with myself in doing it. it. It was not an easy book to, to finish. I have let's, to admit, let's, coincidentally, let's everyone that you actually listened yes, to it as well. Listen to I it listened to it at time. Which and is a half. lot slower, right? I mean, like, uh, even at time and a half. Yeah, it's slower. Uh, but 
I'm going to come up with the stats a little bit later. I think in total, closer to 2,500 pages or something like that. Wow. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculously large book. I, I have to admit that uh, on Friday, the uh, coincidentally enough, a copy of it showed up here at work, and I kind of snuck it home because you've I'm really intrigued on the, uh, the story, and an I was going to read copy? it. An actual copy, and I got to tell you, if you're going to get into a book fight, <laughs> okay, if someone fight. attacks you with Stephen King's Under the Dome, you want to have Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. It trumps well, he, Under the Dome. You'll you'll kill that guy with the, it. The the uh, the interesting thing about the audio file is is that they re because they redid the audio file with yes. a new uh, with a new afterward. So they basically put a new chapter at the end. So this is the 50th anniversary edition was the, was the, the oh, really? hardcover. So they might have tied in with that. Well, so what happened was there was a lot of... He was very skeptical as to whether or not this was ever going to get published because it's a massive, massive book. And back then that was... And, and also it came out... Multi-volume. Multi-volume. And it was really fresh. So... Right, it, it was only like... Was, 10, yeah. was it 10 For, years yeah. after the war? Or uh, even I'll, less? I'll give you the release date in a little bit. Don't put me okay. on the spot okay. here. gotcha. But... Um, he said in the afterward that, you know, this book could have very well, even given all the research that he did, it could have very easily failed because he, the publisher wasn't certain that people were still, were were over World War II enough to invest right. money. Because this would have been an investment. This would have been like, you know, purchasing encyclopedias for your oh, absolutely. kid. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's 10, in audio format, it's 10 hours more than Atlas Shrugged. Oh, and that yeah, was like a, a what did we listening in audio. That was a long, closer to fifty-eight hours. Yeah. So, again, but similar again, to listening to if, the for Dark your Tower. first book on Audible for free. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Audible. Paul for the book my... guy is brought to you by Audible. Go to paulthebookguy.com/slash/audible and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. But we're not sure. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Yeah. Paul. <laughs> okay. And I also uh, on the Kobo, I finished. Uh, Everybody wants some of the Van Halen series, so oh, the Van nice. Halen story. So th that went up to uh, 96, just before they did, or 97, just after they, no, 96, just before they did the reunion tour. So they were just kind of... Sweet. It was interesting. You can't I mean, talk about it today, though. I haven't preloaded any Van Halen music. Oh, we'll have I to don't know if I'm going to bring it. I mean, it's just, a, it, it's, it's not, it's an older biography. I don't know if I have to bring that one, too. It's just, maybe, it's, that's my personal interest. I like Van Halen and... Uh, Again, there. I don't really think it needs to be discussed. Well, let's let's get it. things started then with uh, a book. No, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's, oh, let's kick hold things on. off. Let, why don't we just get this um, Amazon uh, oh. Kindle Fire business out of the way right oh. now? And uh, right. box. Get us all fired up. Yeah. All right. Let me get my. Right, hang I on. have to get my information. Book news. All right. Let's do the Amazon news right off the top then. Greg All right, Amazon came out with their new series of Kindles this week. It is they announced the Kindle, the Kindle Touch, the Kindle keyboard, the Kindle keyboard, and the Kindle Fire. Now, the Kindle Fire is something that we discussed several issues, uh, several episodes back, and there was a lot of skepticism as to whether or not this was going to fly. And I'm going to stand behind what I said earlier. I said that if anybody could bring a tablet to the table to compete with the iPad, it was going to be the Kindle Fire. So let's tell our listeners, those of you who weren't uh, privy to the announcement, uh, let's start with the regular Kindle. Now this is gonna be the killer, killer thing here. Regular Kindle is, your base model goes down to $79. Okay, what are you getting for that though? You're getting a directional pad and an e-ink. 
you're getting a directional pad and e ink. And it's not it's I, Wi-Fi I think compatible, that is but great. you can't you can't run an app on it. But I'm, I'm not saying as a book reader, as a book reader, that is, that is it. And that's but it's content, content, content for Amazon. So it, ridiculously awesome. Hey, they just need can, to give people access, ready access to their book catalog. Right. They Absolutely. Have, they have a catalog that is, that is comparable immense. only yep. to, is, is comparable only to Apple's. No, no. But, exactly. but one yep. thing that most non-nerds like we're kind of techy here at the table. One thing that most non-tech geeky type people don't know is that Amazon has a, quite a catalog of movies, digital movies, digital music, and music. Yes. And so this is what they not, were they were lacking in a device. Here. Let's right? not mislead anybody here. That that base model is not has no speakers. Right. The base model not will play not play music. the movies okay. or the music. It will not show movies. So it's a six inch. That's a, just going to be your basic six inch e-reader. Just it's a going to get up you, black and yeah, white e-reader. Super awesome. But hey, for seventy nine dollars, come on. That's now wait, 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 that's now a stocking stuffer. Is also an ad an ad supported version. If you want the Ads well, out. Okay, but it's only ad, okay, but it's ad supported at uh, which uh, means it's, I when mean, it's powering down. Uh, I'm it's still no power up, power I'm still going to go on record, down. guys. Comes with it. Comes yes. with its own commercials, is what I'm saying. The, the, yes, I'm going to go on record saying right now, uh, it's ad supported right now. It only displays an ad when the Kindle is inactive. Right when right? it's inactive. But then again, also you know, when the first taxes that came in, they said it was only until the war is over. So. What I'm saying is if you buy yeah, the ad supported, I'm exactly. sure somewhere in that yeah, user exactly. license agreement, you're eventually <laughs> going to be reading a book and all of a sudden With it's going to say, you know, there's going to be a, a commercial pop up. Every chapter you're going to be looking at. Okay, big deal. Big deal. Big deal. So I'm sorry. Right. You it's have to pay stuffer. for it. It's a you stocking have, You have to pay I for it, it sometime. I'm sorry. You have to watch your commercials or you have to, you have to look at your billboards. For this the, is this yes, is yes this for, is how you bucks, get on, for thirty bucks more you can get one without. This is how you get on the subway for two dollars as well because you have to stare at the at the at posters the when you get on the subway right. on the platform. All right. I'm not going to watch. Bother. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to watch commercials while I'm reading a book. That's the. You're not I read a book a to get away from commercials so okay. I can turn off my television. But at this point in time, but at this point in time, you're not watching a commercial while you're reading the book. Yes. You're saying that in the future they might. But let's not let's. I'm just speculating. That's all. Let's not slam them for something that they're not actually doing. Right. Fair. Fair enough. Now, one thing they are actually doing is releasing a player that will play the movies and, and their, their music. Okay. This is really what I was going to go up. I was going to go up one. Going to go incrementally? I was going to incremental. Let's go real quickly. Then there's the Kindle keyboard, which is the same type of features, only it has a keyboard, so you can do uh, easier. You can do annotation on it as well. Audio support on that one? Uh, it's not the. I haven't looked up looked it up so much. Uh, a lot of the Kindles do have audio support. Uh, it's not the one I was interested in for so playing. Uh, they'll. It's a text to speech. So why don't feature? we just why don't we just get to the the heart let's of the issue here? Let's get to the heart of the issue. You're, let's just <laughs> let's set the, the room on fire. On fire. Now Kindle. The of roof. Course, Kindle. The roof. The, the roof is, is on fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the Kindle. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Why do I have to be the grown-up? <laughs> All right. Um, the Kindle Fire. Ha, ha, ha. Funny name. Kindle Fire. Get it? Yes, we get right, it. Right. Yes. We got it. We <laughs> got it. So now we've got uh, basically what we have is a piece of hardware built by, designed by the same people who design, who built the BlackBerry Playbook. This, this, is, this is basically the same hardware. Uh, does not have the cameras that they. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to stop you there because I, I I posted a great positive review of this thing on the site, and tonight when I get home, it is not the same hardware. This uh, apparently similar. Am, no no Amazon said no 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 we need cheaper because remember the the playbook is 4.99. Amazon said no no can we get a, a cheaper processor please okay, oh can we get a little bit less RAM okay oh can yeah. we get a little bit cheaper glass okay yeah, and then the price came down to 199. Right. 
uh, if if the playbook didn't sell that well and it was a little bit sluggish and people had a lot of issues with the playbook, right off the bat. Okay, but the playbook was not sluggish. A lot of the playbook gets a lot of positive reviews. Similarly, like Tom Merritt from uh, Tech News Today gave it a very positive review on the hardware side. He was not particularly fond of the software. He's not okay. obviously the. It doesn't not, run Android apps. It doesn't run Android apps. Right. It's, an, it's incredibly okay. Let's talk about. So the, it's an Android tablet that won't run Android application. Okay. Let's okay. Talk, We're let's talking talk, about the playbook. Let's I'm talk about, about the play, fire. Play, playbook, real quickly. Playbook. No, I am talking okay, about okay, the fire. Real quickly. Real, real quickly. Playbook. The playbook got got slammed because it didn't have. It had a very clunky interface and in trying to get any type of media on it. So you had this fantastic video player, but you couldn't easily get anything. Didn't have a library of, of content accessible from BlackBerry for right. BlackBerry people. Right, right. And it, it it was it was sluggish because of the operating system. From all reviews of the Android tablet. Oh sorry, not that Android the the Kindle Fire. The Kindle Fire. Yes. It has a much more slick, fast interface. It's very crispy. By all it's report. crispy. It does not have the cameras to 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 uh, it ha- doesn't have the cameras. It doesn't have the it has half the memory, but it comes with free cloud support. Okay. So you have free cloud storage. Free that cloud storage. Massive. Yes. Okay. And it has the web browser, and it comes with native email. Oh, beauty! And it has, and you as an as a Amazon customer, you then also have really slick, fast, simple way of getting the massive Amazon catalog onto your. This fire. is crucial for maybe one of you can come down definitively on this for me. I, I think for us to come down Android apps. No. It's a custom You've flavor of Android, and I'm not kidding you. Uh, I, I think they've hobbled it enough that they don't. It makes sense that they won't let you run Android apps on it because if you tried to run a, a, an Android app that required so much power, it wouldn't run properly. Is the thing that underpowered? Well, you got to wall the garden off a bit, especially you if you underpower your machine. Okay. Apple does the same thing. Don't get me wrong. Like you can't. There's a, you can't. There's a lot of apps for the iOS store that won't run on iPhone three, but that will run on a four. But they've significantly upgraded you know, the. They just want to. Also, when it comes to Android tablet, like all, not all the Android tablets oh, are, are it's yeah, confusing. The, the segmentation it's, yes. there, which okay, okay. which the Android tablet will run what is which is version of the software. Okay, guys, before running, we right. become this week in tech. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> at I least not, not until we get try to not until we get John C. Dvorak on, then we can go all techie that episode. But. Okay. Can we just go around the table? Is this going to be hit or not? Cheap and cheerful, two hundred bucks. Uh, it's the Walmart of audio and visual um they've got the cloud support so i'm thinking that if anything is going to take a chunk out of the apple dominance this is it this is a home run i'm i'm going with I'm not saying crash home run. and burn you're going with crash and burn the, the person that wants to do all these multimedia things on their ipad on their tablet is going to spend the extra 100 bucks or 200 dollars and get a full multifunction device or a samsung galaxy or an ipad and they'd someone who just wants to read a book on the damn thing is going to Pay $79 and get the ad-supported thing that every once in a while is going to say, this book is brought to you by Ford. So, and, Greg, and, and I, why, why are you saying home run, Greg? I say it's a home run because this is now going to be a pure content consumption device. They have the access to the content. They have the ease of getting the content onto the device. And for what it's built for, this, again, becomes a stocking stuff. Okay, how, how long are we going to give this? What are, you, what are you talking about? The life how long, of the How long till success or failure? And then, you know what? Christmas oh, okay. season's okay. coming. Christmas, Christmas season? Okay, after the Christmas season, we'll come back to it. Deal. How about that? Deal. I think this is going to be a, a, an unmitigated su- success. Okay. I'm saying crash and burn, and, and I I'm, think... I'm uh, taking just, you know, a, a fair... This is going to become the, the market leader outside of Apple. Well, 
we will uh, find market out. market leader outside of Apple is a still a very fantastic place to be. I'm not saying that might not be. Uh, I mean, if, if you're the market leader, I mean, who are you beating? I mean, you're beating the playbook. You're beating the Zoom. You're beating the. It doesn't take. It's right. not going to take much to put the rest. You're, of you're talking about like 10 percent of the. Yeah, 100%. I'm talking about 10 to 15. They're all fighting saying, over that 10 percent. Market leader. You know, when I want, when I saying, hear success, I want to hear 50%. someone took 20 percent. All right, let's move on. Uh, this week in books. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. I figured we just get rid of that. No, that was a great conversation. We get excited. I know. We I know. A little Chris bit is dying to tell us something about uh, a book. <laughs> I played the creepier one. Yeah, there for the you. creepier one, and it deserves this book. Oh no, wait, this the one's one. isn't this one? Isn't it? No, no, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the good one. That's, okay. that's the good one for this book. I read Ender's Game this week. Um, if everyone, everyone will recall, what was it? Episode seven, eight. Uh, we talked about the NPR list, the new NPR list yes. of uh, popular, most popular science fiction books. And to my surprise, number three, I'd never heard of it was Ender's Game. Uh, Paul, you would. Recommended this one highly that uh, you'd read it. Um, so we picked a book off the list, and I picked Ender's Game. I've read. It this I did, week. and I'll be honest with you. It was my cousin Manny who gifted me it was a Secret Santa thing, and I got a five book set of the Ender series. So you got the whole series. And I have to admit, uh, we were t- we were just talking a little bit before the show. We try not to talk too much, folks, before the show because you know it blows we, we burn all the content. Yeah, like the fire, like the fire. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Chris. I agreed with some of the stuff you're saying. You're probably about to say it, but. Uh, because I had been gifted a five-book set, I kept going. I'm not saying I wouldn't, you know, finish the I, series, but today, you know, this conversation is... You is, have no idea how many are in the series yet. <laughs> what, is it like five or six or something, oh, isn't keep, it? Oh, keep going. Wow, you got to be kidding me. You might, might want to Wikipedia it. Orson Scott Card's been a busy man. Wow. Because yeah. even Ender's Game, I've, you know, in doing, doing the research, you know, behind it, uh, he wrote Ender's Game as a prelude to the next book in the series, which was the book that he wanted to write in the first place. Right, okay. So this... This book, which has you know, easily become one of the more popular science fiction works of all time, was almost a, an afterthought to sort of other, other plots that he had in mind. Ender's Game is about children who fight intergalactic battles. I can... Okay. Yeah, you'll, 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 just, you're, you're with me so far? I'm with you. You haven't lost me so far. <laughs> okay. I'm loving this. Uh, it's to say that uh, these are gifted children or special children, so in the context of the book... You know, they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, but very uh, precocious. They're extremely precocious. I mean, it it serves the the purpose of the author to make them childish so that they're innocent because they end up accomplishing all these you know massive, massively atrocious things. They end up killing a, a race of uh, a foreign race that at one point attacked Earth, and then Earth decides, well, you know, they nearly killed us. Now we have to go back and attack them, and so. All of this plays out in the background because this child is in a battle school and the, the grown-ups surround him and uh, train him and psychologically abuse him to the point that he lashes out and destroys an entire planet, an entire species. Uh, the, the fun, it sounds like a horrible book and I have to say that there was like very little of humor. There's no real sense of humor in the book. V- like there very is, dark, yes. Like if, if you read Starship Troopers, that's the easiest analog. It's a, there's, a, there's a bit of a black sense of humor here. Now, that said, this, he experiments a lot with sort of zero-gravity fighting, and this stuff is a lot of fun. Like, he just he carefully thought out yes. how you would, you know, conduct, you know, personal battle 
uh, inside a zero gravity environment, and they, these these kids have to go through military exercises. It's like a ground they, war with no ground. Yeah, where they wear <laughs> these suits, and when they get hit with beams, then the, then the suits freeze, and you're just thinking, you know what? If somebody could set this up, I would love to play this. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I mean, it was so, Greg. These, these kids, they 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 set these children against each other in teams, and they they float in a zero gravity environment with some obstacles in them, and they have these beam guns. And when they fire the beam guns and they hit themselves, then if the guy gets hit in the arm, then his arm freezes and he can't move it anymore. If he gets hit in the chest, then the entire suit freezes and then he's, he's out of the battle. He's basically dead. Okay. So these these battles are sort of ongoing, and these kids have to develop tactics. And uh, fighting in the zero gravity environment is is uh, it's its own unique challenge. So. Uh, Here's the other really fun thing about this book, Paul. This book was originally written in the 70s. It was edited again in the 90s, but the technology is seamless. You could read it today and think, this is, these kids have tablet computers. Right, we yes. Just, we just finished. We just went off. We just went off on a 10-minute tirade on the Kindle Fire, and these kids, in, you know, this written in 1991, these kids all have tablet computers, and they keep track of... Their scores, they keep track of their homework, they keep uh, track of their... I'm not sure if it was written in seven, it was, I think it might have been 80s. The original short story was 77. Oh, the short, yes, yes, you're right, yes. And then he, he developed but, it into a but, full uh, book. But again, they're playing uh, uh, virtual games in a virtual world. Yeah, in multi, you know, multiple, you know, <laughs> kind, mul- of like, kind of like World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft or, or Starcraft or essentially the, the video games that, the, that they end up playing are, you know, basically, I guess, a Starcraft type of situation. So the, this was just shocking is that you can read the book today and the technology is it's on its way totally understandable like if you watch say for example the movie 2010 with roy scheider and like inside the spaceship it's all it looks like a bunch of light bright panels all strung together you just think this is so bogus right (laughs) yeah so badly conceived that it just looks so anachronistic you read ender's game and it is but i'm saying the technology is on its way because uh let's i know that the united states army and the canadian army aren't recruiting you know nine-year-olds like the in the book but we are recruiting 18-year-olds, and at video game festivals, you have recruiters oh, okay, standing there okay. and saying, you're pretty good at video games. Well, you might be good at controlling a drone. You just came out of high school. The day you turn 18, come on, boot camp for four weeks, and off you go, and you're controlling drones. The American Army also used video games to recruit. Uh, they, gave, they had that free uh, yes, first Ameri- person. It was oh, called man. America's Army. America's Army the, was a video game. Yes, that they popular used video re- games ever or something. But I'm saying most of the... Free. Free. It was free. It's certainly not the set, like, you know, 50-year-old veterans that are controlling these drones. Okay. You know, it'll be the, the younger generation. We haven't even started on child soldiers as a phenomenon in the modern world. I mean, yes. the, the atrocities that you can get a child to commit yes there you go by virtue of their innocence and by virtue of their impressionability it's uh, it's, it's quite a, quite atrocious we've so seen that lot, in, yes. we've seen it in, in, in reality we've seen yes. that in movies yes. such as Blood Diamond and, and so, I mean I just read a book you know, so in that night. sense you know it's it's a hard book to read because he is talking about children that are six or seven years old that are committing these you know phenomenal atrocities but it's not hard to imagine no you know he's not that far from reality yeah. in that sense so disturbing book fun i mean i was i was all over the place with this it was uh i have to say it's it's written oh, it's written like a bad tv series yes uh <laughs> there's nothing really artful about it um it's linear there's yeah, no there's it's, no it's you know three hours ago it's just straightforward it's boom, very boom, predictable boom, boom, character by character different perspectives the characters are engaging but it's yeah you can see the plot coming a mile away that said the ending surprised me. I won't give the ending away, but Let's not do that. there was a yeah. good hook ending on this one. And I know you read it. Uh, I listened to it. Yes. And uh, it's a multi-part audio. I believe th- this was, uh, they pioneered this multi-part audio thing. 
uh, where each uh, perspective had its own voice. Uh, Gabrielle DeCure, who we're going to have on the show soon, uh, uh, brilliant as uh, Valentine. Uh, Ender, they're all, each, each character's chapter is, is read from a different, yes, just yes. well done. I have a little clip before we, we, we go away. And it would, normally we end with a clip, but let me just play a little clip for you, Chris, just so you can hear it and, uh, and get your opinion on it. Suddenly, a pain stabbed through him like a needle from his neck to his groin. Ender felt his back spasm and his body arched violently backward. His head struck the bed. He could feel his legs thrashing and his hands were clenching each other, wringing each other so tightly that they arched. Dee Dee, shouted the doctor. I need you. The nurse ran in, gasped. Got to relax these muscles. Get it to me, now. What are you waiting for? Something changed hands. Ender could not see. He lurched to one side and fell off the examining table. Catch him, cried the nurse. Just hold him steady. You you hold him, doctor. He's too strong for me. Not the whole thing. You'll stop his heart. Ender felt a needle enter his back just above the neck of his shirt. It burned. But wherever in him the fire spread, his muscles gradually unclenched. Now he could cry for the fear and pain of it. Are you all right, Andrew? The nurse asked. Andrew could not remember how to speak. They lifted him onto the table. They checked his pulse, did other things. He did not understand it all. The doctor was trembling. His voice shook as he spoke. They leave these things in the kids for three years. What do they expect? We could have switched him off. Do you realize that? We could have unplugged his brain for all time. When does the drug wear off? Asked the nurse. Keep him here for at least an hour. Watch him. If he doesn't start talking in 15 minutes, call me. Could have unplugged him forever. I don't have the brains of a bugger. He got back to Miss Pumphrey's class only 15 minutes before the closing bell. He was still a little unsteady on his feet. Are you all right, Andrew? asked Miss Pumphrey. He nodded. Were you ill? He shook his head. You don't look well. I'm okay. You'd better sit down, Andrew. He started toward his seat, but stopped. Now, what was I looking for? I can't think what I was looking for. Your seat is over there, said Miss Pumphrey. He sat down, but it was something else he needed, something he had lost. I'll find it later. Your monitor, whispered the girl behind him. Andrew shrugged. His monitor, she whispered to the others. Andrew reached up and felt his neck. There was a Band-Aid. It was gone. He was just like everybody else now. Washed out, Andy? asked a boy who sat across the aisle and behind him. Couldn't think of his name. Peter? No, that was someone else. Quiet, Mr. Stilson, said Miss Pumphrey. Stilson smirked. Miss Pumphrey talked about multiplication. Ender doodled on his desk, drawing contour maps of mountainous islands, and then telling his desk to display them in three dimensions from every angle. The teacher would know, of course, that he wasn't paying attention, but she wouldn't bother him. He always knew the answer, even when she thought he wasn't paying attention. In the corner of his desk, a word appeared and began marching around the perimeter of the desk. It was upside down and backward at first, but Ender knew what it said long before it reached the bottom of the desk and turned right side up. Third. Ender smiled. 
He was the one who had figured out how to send messages and make them march. Even as his secret enemy called him names, the method of delivery praised him. It was not his fault he was a third. It was the government's idea. They were the ones who authorized it. How else could a third like Ender have got into school? Now the monitor was gone. The experiment entitled Andrew Wigan hadn't worked out after all. Wow, it really started raining while we were listening to that clip. It's coming down here. You can hear it on the roof. Yeah. What was that thing about a cat, the rock? A uh, cow pissing on a flat rock. Oh, wow. Nice. Raining like a cow pissing on a flat so rock. So that was uh, Stefan Rodnicki, who did the voice of Ender. And uh, as usual, Audible could have put in a clip there where they had the multi-voices, you know, with Gabrielle. And I mean, not, not, not that I'm one to, to point fingers or, or throw stones, but, I mean, the, the character is, starts the book at like six years old. They, they yes. could have they could have had a more juvenile. Well, voice. you know, if, if you stick with the Ender verse, as it's called, he he does grow up. Yeah, uh, I know, I know. Really the changes. Really changes. Okay, I had one final you know bit to add to this mm-hmm. uh, little discussion here. the The book is about leadership and command. Yes, there's there's a moral problem with the book, uh, which you know critics have talked about, uh, which I won't get into here. But I did just want to you know to finish off and say that the uh, the book has been actually on the the U.S. Marine Corps professional reading list uh, ever since it was uh, published. Wow. It's part of the Fleet Marine Fighting Manual on Maneuver Doctrine. So, what does that wow. mean? Well, it's this, like, this kid is, uh, you know, bred from birth uh, to be a leader, and he's psychologically sort of abused through the entire book so that he will be an effective leader. Uh, there's a there's a sort of an overarching military-industrial complex that is, you know, engineering this uh, basically, xenocide. You know, they're, they're going to kill all the aliens that are, you know, attacked Earth once upon a time. So they breed this kid uh, to be a perfect leader. So the Marine Corps uses it as a as a lesson in, in training and leadership. Now, now bef- before we call out Orson Scott Card as a shill for the the U.S. Marine Corps, you really got to get into some of the later books. He, uh, I would not at all say that he is a shill for the. The character of Ender does redeem a, himself. It is a very yeah. The character does redeem himself in the end of the book. Absolutely. Uh, and, and from what I understand in the rest of the series, and uh, I don't think Orson Scott Card had any ambitions no. of ever having this used as, as a military, uh, you know, training manual. <laughs> no, no, not but at all. That is, was just a side actually, effect. It, yeah, it is a very interesting... I don't think the Marine Corps read the rest of the series. No, <laughs> they didn't. No, yeah. <laughs> It is a very interesting meditation on leadership and, and command in a, in a military structure. Great book, I love it. Uh, yeah, it was, I, I enjoyed, appreci- I appreciated it very much. So I'll be looking maybe to, I'll bring uh, one of the one of the uh, the novels the in the series uh, to the table soon. So let's get back to the uh, this NPR list where this whole project for me got started. Uh, that was my book. I picked that one off the list. Ooh. Nice, and uh, I believe I picked one as well, and I haven't got to I it. I believe yet. you both picked <laughs> one as well, y'all. No. Oh, look at me. Uh, I totally uh, forgot. I am currently. I am currently reading a nice World of Warcraft book at home there by Richard A. Kanak. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, one for me. Let, let's that move was... on. It's about truth. Malcolm Stark kept an appointment with his soul to meet in a dream and died in his sleep. These things he feared, and in a sense, these things might be called the hands of God reach forth against sin. It's about life. That was the year my father died and my mother had to start working again. That was the year that Mike Todd and his friends decided to make my life unbearable. I'm sorry, I can't do it, Rhett said, frustration coursing in every breath. 
I'm good at repairing, painting, whatever. But he trailed off thinking of a way to convey his thoughts to the architect. It's about the human condition. As a parent-to-be, you hope your child will be perfect. Of course, you know she won't be, but that's okay. He didn't say anything. I finished unbuttoning my blouse and turned around. With the moonlight coming through the window, I could see that his face was wet. I started crying, too. Il Desperandum, literary fiction in the audio format from the Bear Crawling Nation. www.ndstories.com Hey, Paul. This is Orson Scott Card. I thought I was the book guy. Now I find out you're the book guy. What am I? Oh, I guess I'm just the author of Ender's Game. Okay. This is Stefan Rudnicki, the voice of Ender, and you're listening to Paul, the book guy. <laughs> we, I like to say that Jeff Smith did not make that jingle. <laughs> it's okay. not our greatest one. I like it. Right Rockabilly? Shoot him, cute. shoot him an email. <laughs> uh, nowadays, everybody's a writer. We write for the show. Uh, everyone writes emails. I mean, uh, what about a podcast for writers? Like Where are you going with this, Paul? I'm going with this to The Grammar Girl. To the Grammar Girl. Anyone familiar with the Grammar Girl? You know that I'm familiar with the Grammar Girl. I, I brought the familiar. Grammar Girl to you almost three years ago. I, I have I, no I idea who the Grammar Girl is. I was is. Uh, listening to the Grammar Girl when I first got my, uh, my first iPod. I started looking for podcasts, and I found the Grammar Girl from, just by accident, and I loved it. What is it about, Greg? What is Grammar uh, Girl? Do? Grammar Girl is this fantastic little short uh, snippet of a, of a podcast are usually really tiny, short little things about common grammatical errors and, yeah, how, th- and common word usages that different you know, ways typically to improve your might writing. Be yeah. Con- yeah, might be confusing for some people. It's not, not ter- always grammar. Sometimes she'll like how to spice up your fiction, or but to, you know she sticks with grammar mostly. She's been on Oprah. She's done a uh, written a few books. She has a new one coming out soon. She's actually agreed to, to appear on our show. Hey, nice. Surprise. 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 Sometime in October, she'll be chatting with us. Fantastic. It's going to be fun. I guess I'm going to have to listen to her podcast now. I'm good, yes. And we're going to give you a little taste right now, Chris. Uh, Greg, you never told me about Grammar Girl before. It it doesn't take long to listen. Don't make that face (laughs) to me. No, I was just going to say, you can listen because it's only like each one's like five to nine minutes at the most. Excellent. They don't take a lot of time. Grammar Girl here. Today we turn to run-on sentences. I bet a lot of you think that run-on sentences are just really long sentences that go on and on like the Energizer Bunny. But actually, run-on sentences are sentences that lack punctuation. They can be long, but they can also be short. Here's an example of a short run-on sentence. I am a woman. I am a truck driver. I was in a writing group a few years ago with an interesting woman who was writing a book about her experience as a female truck driver. So that's where I got the example sentence. The reason I am a woman, I am a truck driver is a run-on sentence is that it's written without any internal punctuation, which you can't see, so you'll just have to take my word for it. There's not a single punctuation mark in the middle of that sentence. If you do want to see for yourself, you can read the transcript, which will be posted at quickanddirtytips.com. In the sentence, I am a woman, I am a truck driver, I've fused together two complete sentences, 
which is why run-on sentences are also called fused sentences. There are a bunch of ways to fix run-on sentences. The toolbox is filled with the same basic fixes that you can use to repair comma splices, periods, semicolons, and commas with coordinating conjunctions. How you fix the sentence depends on how the different parts are related to each other and what tone and rhythm you're trying to achieve. For example, if you want to completely separate the two fused sentences, you'd use a period. I am a woman, period. I am a truck driver. If you want to keep more of a connection between the two thoughts, you could use a semicolon and write, I am a woman, semicolon, I am a truck driver. If you want to make more of a comment on the connection between the sentences, then you could use a conjunction with a comma. For example, you could write, I am a woman, comma, and I am a truck driver. Or you could write, I am a woman, comma, yet I am a truck driver. If you wanted to get really fancy, you could use a conjunctive adverb with a semicolon and a comma. I am a woman, semicolon. Nevertheless, comma, I am a truck driver. So she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that quite was... the meditation on four words. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when, I guess she's kind of graduated. To some, when I listened to it, it was more, you know, the use of whom and whom. And uh, Well, you can, you can cherry pick what episode you want to listen to. I mean, if you really want to get deep into grammar and, 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 and you know, verbiage, you, you can go and listen to those 10-minute episodes. At the same time, if, if you want something more basic, she's got it all there. It's all on her podcast stream. Check it out. She fan, is she a fan of our show? <laughs> she's not, but she will be. Good. I've if always thought isn't. that her podcast would make a good uh, educational series for 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 schools. Uh, I, yes, like yes, I always yes. thought that they yeah, that made, made, would have made a really good tool for an English teacher to come in and, and to it. Definitely. Yeah. Look forward to talking to her and uh, hearing what's in her new book. I got. I've got to pick this week. What do you got? Paul? I actually read something. Fiction. 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 Are you saying that you read something and it that's a fictitious statement <laughs> no 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 oh. i actually read a book i read two of them this week that i liked all right this uh, book is the handbook for lightning strike survivors by michelle youngstone and let's give you the quick synopsis here let's start with becca it's two characters becca and buckley on a sunny day in chapel hill north carolina eight-year-old becca burke was struck by lightning no one believed her not her philandering father or her drunk lovesick mother not even when her watch kept losing time and a spooky halo of light appeared overhead in photographs Becca was struck again when she was 16. She survived, but over time she would learn that outsmarting lightning was the least of her concerns. And then there's Buckley. In rural Arkansas, Buck I love this name. Ready, guys? Buckley R. Patank. I just liked outsmarting lightning. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I call shenanigans on that name. Nope. Buckley oh. R. Patank. I'm not trying to fool you. But I love that name. But <laughs> for someone like me who reads books, and I lose track of names so quickly... I love it when an author uses the name like Patank. So Buckley R. Patank's world seemed plagued by disaster. Ashamed but protective of his obese mother, fearful of his scathing grandmother, and always running from bullies, including his pseudo-evangelical stepfather, he needed a miracle to set him free. At 13 years old, Buckley witnessed a lightning strike that would change everything. So the, the book goes on, and Becca becomes an art student. Uh, no one believed her that she was hit by lightning, so she suffers some of the symptoms of being hit by lightning. Uh, without getting any treatment, 
Can you imagine your eight-year-old daughter gets hit by lightning and you don't do anything about it because you don't believe her? What is the treatment for being hit by lightning? Sorry. Well, I, I would have, I'm pretty sure it involves, like, if your daughter gets hit by lightning in the driveway, it involves at some point going to the hospital. I'm not sure what the exact treatment is. Okay, again. You know I, what I mean? I <laughs> but at some point, they probably want to check her you? heart, see if there's any heart damage, brain damage. You know, that kind of stuff left unchecked might be a bad thing. Uh, I, I started reading this book. Sometimes, you know, guys, we get a lot of books sent here to Book Mountain. Uh, the little Oompa, Oompa Loompas bring them up to us. And I just looked at the picture on the cover and started reading. I just read the title and, and went. I didn't even get like, involved into what it was about. And it was a fun ride. What, what now, is, the, is the, this metaphor, is, is this lightning strike business a metaphor or is it to be taken quite literally? The, yeah, quite literally. Uh, Becca is struck by lightning directly eight, at eight years old and at 16. Uh, Bucky, Buckley Patank, I don't want to spoil it, but a lightning strike changes his life forever. Uh, and, and here we go. I'm going to get punny now. When they meet eventually towards the end of the book, it's electric. Electricity I, uh, is in the air. <laughs> oh, I always want to know, what are we talking about here? This, this isn't a whodunit. This isn't a... Not uh, a whodunit. This is uh, a coming of age story. What is it? Definitely a, a fiction. It, it's a, you're watching a progression of two characters. Uh, there are parallel storylines. So you're following Becca and you're following Buckley. And their lives, it, don't, don't worry, Greg, it's not like the second book in the Millennium series. Their lives do have some kind of interconnection. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so there is like, and, and you can tell that eventually they are going to meet and, and they do. It's, it, it's, you know, in that sense, it's predictable in a, in a good way. And uh, sprinkled throughout the book, Buckley Arpitank, from his experience with lightning strikes, he writes a, a fictional book called The Handbook for Lightning Strike Survivors. And uh, the author splashes pages from this fictional book throughout the actual fiction book and i got an excerpt see i said it right excerpt well, I'll, I'll let email the grammar girl and let her know <laughs> paul was practicing that before the show started. i was, I was yeah. excerpt one of those Serp. words i just can't say Serp. so here's the excerpt this is a sample this is actually one of the first pages from the fictional book an estimated 80 percent of people struck by lightning are men this is not as you might think because men are too stubborn to come in out of the rain. Regardless of a victim's gender, doctors and scientists concur that the surviving victim needs support from family and friends to recover. Immediate effects include cardiac arrest, remember I said that, and brain damage. Absolutely. Makes Chronic sense. effects include anxiety disorders, memory loss, stiff joints, numbness, and insomnia. For years following a strike, the victim might feel tingling throughout his or her body. Because it's often difficult for a victim to describe what happened, it's important that there is a support group to listen. Now that last line really rings through your head throughout the next couple of chapters and as you learn what Becca goes through because she had no support group, you know. Basically she comes in from, from getting struck by lightning. She comes, comes to, comes back to consciousness, walks in, basically says, Dad, I was struck by lightning. He's like, stop lying, go to your room, you know, stupid kid, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, the, the characters, 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 very fascinating. She becomes a kind of disturbed artist, you know, kind of violent image and... Uh, different things, and, and Buckley Arpitank uh, eventually buys some of her paintings, and they kind of get together at the end. Like I said, it's electric, great characters, handbook for lightning strike survivors. No audiobook for this one, that's kind of why I read a couple of uh, excerpts there. Now, I gotta say, when I was finished, I did check the, uh, the book of knowledge Google uh, for Michelle Youngstone's name, and I was really surprised that, uh, that this was her first novel. Like, she, uh, it's, it's written, like a not even a sophomore like a, a veteran effort uh really rare to find a someone's first novel be so well put together and good and, editing i don't know yeah, it could have been good editing throwing a guess uh, out there. very well done or gifted writer and our next book is a dawn fiction and again that's one of those i don't have a jingle for jeff smith help us your only hope help me 
me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. And uh, Greg's been... Greg's non-fiction, been fiction, <laughs> non-fiction. Non-fiction. Oh, how about we do this? We can do this. Non... Uh, we really need that jingle. Let's try again. All together. Blow the cue. Let's all do non together. Non-fiction. Fiction. Fiction. That was not tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll work on it. Good Listeners. thing we're not a band. Yeah. <laughs> oh, non-fiction was actually the name of my high school band. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I play bass. No. <laughs> we got to find those tapes. Yeah. Nonfiction is the lead-in for you, so, Greg. Oh, here with I thought I, we were doing the mic. Not so me, not the yeah, Michael Moore. Yeah, you. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Or, or was it Michael Moore? Am I reading the set list wrong? No, okay. Michael Moore. Uh, Rise and fall of Michael Moore. <laughs> 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 Which uh, is almost the case. <laughs> Meteoric, Meteoric uh, Rise. You know what? Actually, the, the subtext for his book could have been The Fall and Rise of Michael Moore. There we'll get go. to that later after your book. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> all right. I undertook over the last uh, couple months the audiobook uh, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. It was a free book that I got uh, for joining Audible. Let's just say, I- I've said this before, it was uh, closer to the end. It got difficult to read. I did have to take some time away from it. And uh, a-, a tome, 1,200 plus pages in, the, in, its, paper por- in its paper version, uh, 58 hours. Over fifty-eight hours wow. on the uh, yes. on the app. Things that I came away from with from with this book. Uh, so clearly, it's not a whodunit. No, <laughs> you know it's it seems like a, a massive, massive magazine article. Well researched from the little bit super, I was looking at. Super well researched. I mean, this guy he was he's there. He was there. He he lived it. Uh, William William L. Schreier. Schreier. This, this is a document, right? It is a document, and what he did is he took all of the papers that were available that became available after the fall of the third reich and he pieced together the decisions he pieced together mini biographies of the main characters the sub characters even non not so important characters but he had very good insight into everybody because he was there and he was also there before and as the the nazi party Came to po- came to now, power. Is it told as like a story in chronological order, kind very of? Thing? Cr- yeah, chronological, okay. very well researched. And uh, what he did was he he read basically all the documents. I mean, he he went through. And when I say documents, we're talking. I I'm fascinated by the amount that the Nazi leaders, the generals, the uh, everybody oh, wrote. Th- yes, uh, Mussolini's uh, Mussolini's son-in-law, nephew. Chano was his name. It, so much information comes from his diary. His diary. His diary. His, and dear, everybody, his everybody, dear diary. Everybody had a diary. And it was... It was when and, and the paperwork. They were so meticulous. They were so meticulous. Even, even though they s- tried to destroy the really, really incriminating stuff, they still just couldn't... They couldn't possibly destroy... All the documentation that they had. I actually saw when I was in uh, Auschwitz and, and visit, I visited Auschwitz and Bricknell, piles of paper, and we're like they kept records like, "Welcome to the camp. This is the time. What's your name?" and recorded. Yeah. What time they had meals? It was unbelievable how much doc. Like these were pencil pushers. Like they had a, like this red tape core. A very just, intense bureaucracy. Oh, unbelievable. Evil, evil pencil pushers. And and we yes. we just said a couple weeks ago when I said I said that I was really sorry, and you guys said Greg, you have nothing to be sorry about. And it's, it just there was so much complicity 
complacency. With, complacent. No, compl- they were, everybody complicity. was complicity. Oh, complicity. Okay. Sorry. Complicity. Whereas Grammar Girl, you're my only. Well, hope. you sort of mixed the two there. I, I took a guess. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Grammar Girl's not listening and oh, analyzing our. God. That's actually a pretty cool word. Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> Greg, tell me about the overall tone of the book. Was it uh, uh, was sad. condemnation? Sad. No, uh, in condemnation. The, yes. Uh, was, there, was there fault finding? Was this an explanatory book? Was this? Uh, was there any sympathy for anyone in the book? What, what was the? Very little sympathy. I can't. I can't off the top of my head think of anybody that the author had any sympathy for. Was it very clinical? Yeah. Very very historic. It goes into some of the absolutely inexplicable. Like we sit around you know, 60, 70 years removed and think, why on earth would Hitler have done this? And there's actually documented proof as to what, what he was thinking. We, we, you can actually go through very frequently. He explains how, what, what, why a decision was made, why it was so fruitless. And in many cases has the documentation from somebody who was in that meeting. Wow. Because they wrote it in a diary or they wrote it in a memo. And it, it was really educational. I highly recommended this book to anybody who has any sort of interest in uh, World War II history. This, I can't, I can't for the life of me understand why this wouldn't be, or a condensed version of this wouldn't just be your World War II textbook i was just going right. to ask is, okay. this, is this going to inspire so you can do like you? a whole course on this book is this going to inspire you to further investigate world war ii history not particularly i think i, I quite honestly think that i because now you know it's it's complete it. yeah, yeah it's complete well, well well i was just going to say when you said you know why doesn't this show up in curriculum i mean i was just going to suggest you know winston churchill's autobiography uh you know won the nobel prize for uh, literature. Read, from, from a german standpoint i've read I think a couple I've volumes now, and it's I, it's pretty impressive stuff okay yes. all i'm just going to say is i from a german perspective i think i understand it does what exactly what the title says. It gives you the rise and the fall, the inexplicable decisions. I really came away with an understanding of what happened, why, the the despair of it, the sadness. It's not a feel good book, but it does come. It comes across as a novel at times because it is like a, the story of this horrible creature that is Nazi Germany. From its, it's got to be compelling. Decent, for it is. It was compelling, but like I said, I did have to put it away because it was. There's. Too it's disturbing. disturbing. Now, now, was it a book, Greg, that you you had to read straight through, or? And I'm not going to play any silly jingles out of respect for all the Russians, Germans, and everyone that died. But is it? Could it be read in spits and spurts? Is I don't think so. No. I, I will say that when I when you want to sit down and focus. When I went away and I came back, I lost some context on the names places you you do need to kind of keep some continuity there and uh anyways okay. I, I i'm more uh pleased with the fact that i got through it just for the educational purpose you're gonna put you're gonna put this one in your resume i'm I, sorry i shouldn't be making light well it, okay <laughs> you know what it, there is a point in, t- in time where you have to say you know what it, it is what it is i mean this you is can education. make light it yeah. was educational this i can't education. go around you know being depressed because i read a book it was good it was right. a good book it was a good education yes. and, and like, you can't walk around in total ignorance of the second world war either and, 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 just read something funny like i did after uh Dugard's book oh okay you really well, need a break yeah I, I feel that i was educated and I, I i feel that i was ignorant walking in i've said that before i've really felt that i i knew my world war ii history and this just slapped me in the face and you know, said you know nothing this is one of the great 
you know, things of uh, thing about a written work. You know, you can enter someone else's mind. You can you yeah. can learn. So, Fan- I. I- Fantastic piece. I'm sure there are complimentary pieces from different perspectives, such yeah, as the I Churchill. Gotta, but I got to recommend the Churchill stuff. If you ever want to come back to this, you know, at some later date, yeah. take one of the volumes of Churchill's right. autobiography. I'm going. I'm going with the uh, with Wolfheart by <laughs> with World of Warcraft by Richard. Take Nakin a break. Yeah, you need I'm one. Taking a break. I'm going. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nice. I got, I got a, a nice wow book. book. And I got a nice new book from. Yeah, do something yeah. something with cats and dogs on the cover. And I, by the way, I got to say, hey, we just got these. What did we get this week? Copies of. I need something with puppies. Yes. Pastel green matching his pink and blue. Four scoops is over the top. 36 entertaining original short stories and poems by Alex Carrick. And uh, thank you, Alex. I think one, one you, of Alex. our uh, byline, uh, little uh, review Paul, lines. I'm looking at the back of the book here. You made the review That's list. That's right. Who knew an economist could have a sense of humor? And I meant that sincerely. Wow. <laughs> so we're going to go through that. and uh, Who knew you could segue from the Third Reich into from the third Straight Reich. from the Third Reich into... <laughs> bathroom. So thank you very much, Alex, for the copies. I love the picture on the front, the dog, the cat, and uh, there are definitely four scoops, and we, uh, we look forward to reading it. And eventually, uh, one scoop uh, is all I have left. We'll, <laughs> we're looking forward to you writing that one, and I can't uh, wait to find out which uh, pastel color you fi- you know pick for that one. Signed, Alex. Thank you very much. <laughs> and signed copies. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, I keep saying Alex uh, only because that's my middle name, and I shouldn't have said that now. Now the Revenue Canada number, can yeah, find me. <laughs> your mother's maiden name, your social insurance uh, number, and your toast. Do, do you, uh, Greg, do you, uh, it's such a long audiobook. Do you want to play a uh, clip from Audible it's dry. or not? It's, it's, it's dry. dry so out of it context, give a flavor. how do you, how okay. do you pick two what minutes pick? out of 58? Okay. Yeah. So why don't we just move on? I have one more book here, gentlemen. Uh, remember the one I talked about? I uh, took it for the team, and you know what? You guys should take it for the team. It was a great, great book. Enjoyed it. Uh, the story of Michael Moore's life. Uh, uh, it's called Here Comes Trouble by Michael Moore, and it covers his life basically from birth, literally from birth. <laughs> he, he describes his birth all the way up to the moment uh, his first documentary, his first movie ever hits the silver screen. Just as Roger the, and me. Roger yep, and me. Roger and me. As soon as the projector starts, that's where the book ends. So everything I knew about Roger Moore, uh, Roger Moore, Yes. Michael Moore. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. Michael Moore was uh, anything that happened after that. I mean, all his books, uh, his, uh, the movies, I mean, his documentaries, uh, his public life, uh, clips that I've seen on television. This book was all about all this nonsense that I knew nothing about. He had a really interesting life. And uh, it starts off at the point where mo- Michael Moore entered most of our uh, radars, we'll say. And here's a clip from uh, where the book starts. This is just a clip from, uh, from the Academy Awards, the infamous Academy Awards, his uh, uh, accepting of the uh, Academy Award for Best Documentary for Bowling for Columbine. And the Oscar goes to... Bollocks. Let's try that again. And the Oscar goes to... <sighs> Bowling for Columbine. is the first Academy Award and nomination for Michael Moore and Michael Donovan. (laughs) 
Uh, uh, on uh, behalf of our producers, Kathleen Glenn and Michael Donovan from Canada, um, I'd like to thank the Academy for this. I've invited uh, my fellow documentary nominees on the stage with us. And we would like to... They are here, they are here in solidarity with me because we like nonfiction. We like nonfiction and we live in fictitious times. We live in a time where we have fictitious ele election results that elects a fictitious president. We, we live in a time where we have a man sending us to war for fictitious reasons, whether it's the fictitious of duct tape or the fictitious of orange alerts. We are against this war, Mr. Bush. Shame on you, Mr. Bush. Shame on you. And any time you've got the Pope and the 66 against you, your time is up. So that's where it all started for Michael Moore. Was that Julia Roberts? Uh, I'm not sure who was presenting it to him. I, come on. Let's, okay. This is the time when, 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 Roger, the, the, when Roger and me okay. came out. That was... This is the time when the, the fervor for going into Iraq was so much peak. that I know. for That's any like... man to stand up at the Academy Awards and to say that, oh, just he was just the... so unpopular. We're just after the, that whole Chad yeah. debacle down in Florida, too, yeah. wasn't it? And, and like, like, right, right now, anyone or... can stand up. Yes, that was the whole hanging Chad yeah, and the digital Jeb voting in the States. Yes, Jeb Bush ruled it all the But right now, for, any, for, for anyone and... to stand up and say, you know, uh, Iraq didn't attack the United States on 9-11, most people will sit there and go, yep. Well, that's, yeah, it was not them, okay. But at that time, for you to say that we shouldn't be sending our troops into Iraq was just unheard of. And uh, you, know, you can't hear it in the audio, but there's a big red screen going on in front of him saying, get off the stage, you know, your time is up, oh, and the yeah. music's I'm getting sure cranked. He had, if, in olden times, there would have been the big, uh, <laughs> the big hook from stage right. Yes, they would have had the it hook been, It would have been torches right. and, and pitchforks. But what actually happened, he, he, gets, he does get it first, world first, now, uh, what happens when you win an Academy Award is you go off the stage, and traditionally, since the first one, there's uh, two pages there, or volunteers, and the first one will say, champagne, and hand you champagne. The second one will hold out a bowl of breath mints and say, breath mints. So the first two words any Academy Award winner ever hears backstage, or after they get their, they walk off stage, is champagne, Breath mints. It's you know it's a it's a tradition. Okay, I want to know why breath mints, but look, <laughs> well, I, can I go would for never time. mix. I mean, I won't drink a beer after I have a yeah. peppermint. Why, why would, would you do but, that? But Michael <laughs> Moore, Michael Moore has the up. Michael Moore has the distinction of having had three words set to him. So he heard champagne, champagne breath mints, and then the stage hand walked right up to him, up to his ear, and said, "Asshole." So he had three words set to him, and, and it's an interesting story. He goes through that. Uh, as time goes by, I didn't realize, and I'm going to tell you that story about, that's all I knew about Michael Moore was his movies, uh, that event at the Academy Awards, and I saw him at the, the Borat opening at the Toronto, thank you, Greg, for, remember, we got one ticket and we you let me in. We got one ticket on the rush base. line. That was and, yeah, awesome. You got to go and I didn't. We didn't, I didn't get to watch the movie that night, but we were in, I was in the balcony and then the, the projector died out. And you're in the DVD. For anybody who has, <laughs> okay, I just quick, if anybody has the Borat DVD, if you look at the extras and you see the Toronto Film Festival release, Paul is the guy with the massive Kazakhstan <laughs> flag in the balcony. You can't see Paul, but you can, you can see, see his my flag. flag yes, <laughs> but uh, the the projector goes out. So um, 
Sasha Baron Cohen, who, who plays Bora in Ali G, he was great. He came on stage. At the time, he was still wearing the, the mustache and the suit and everything. Came he in, was funny. He said, in, uh, he said uh, Canada projector technology is much like a Kazakhstan. It's uh, shit. You know, that kind of thing. My it cousin, the BLO, he going to fix the projector. And then, and then I see this big guy coming up the aisle. And I was in the aisle seat. I was right by the stairs. And there's this big guy coming at, uh, coming at me. Like, and he's got like four guys around him. Uh, also very large men, like James Bond types. I didn't realize, I thought at the time it was his entourage. I realized after reading this book, those were trained ex-special forces people that were guarding him at that time. At one point, Michael Moore had had nine special forces, used like five guys around him, four, two ahead, two behind. So nine total, guarding him at all times. He had so many death threats, murder attempts on his life. At least, I'm trying to remember if it's two or three attempts to blow up his house with his wife and children in it. Uh, he was not well-liked by, by the loonies. So this guy walks up with his entourage, and he tried his best to get the projector going. Uh, it was a part, apparently, that you couldn't MacGyver together. But, you know, I, I, that was the point where I said, well, this guy might be all right. You know, he's trying to fix the projector. This is all right. That's all I knew about him. Went through the book. Really cool. Uh, it's a little bit preachy at times, and I got to say that some of the chapters in the book could be renamed. Here, I even wrote a list. It's, you can f see the full review on the site, but... Some of the, uh, the chapters in his book could be renamed to the story of why discriminating against homosexuals is bad. The story of why discriminating against black people is bad. The story of how I was right when I gave my Academy Award speech. And the story of how abor abortions should be illegal, that, etc., etc., etc. Very preachy. Uh, some of them are really hard to believe. I can't believe that his life was that interesting. The call from John Lennon. Uh, there's picture evidence of all this stuff, though, like, the, he even went, when Reagan went to, uh, to Germany to drop a wreath on the Nazi SS cemetery and give his uh, condolences to the Nazis, uh, him and, and a Jewish friend went there and somehow like infiltrated this like hardcore security site using like guys from ABC and whatever. Like they'd pick up, you know, some of ABC's, uh, you know, shipping crates, walk along beside them, get in. They got to the point where they un unfurled a banner that said, they murdered my family, that kind of thing. So this kind of ties into the last book a little bit. He's, he's gone through all, he's done a That's lot of things. specialty, it's what he does. Y yes, and I and, uh, didn't know that he was in seminary to be a priest. Like, there's a, he's got an interesting life. If, if half of these stories are true, he's led an interesting life. And that's what I'm going to say, and that's perfect, perfect. I'm glad, so glad you said that because it, some people make a living out of pointing poking holes in his documentaries and yes. calling his documentaries, yes. he almost created the term mockumentaries. Mo yes. Okay. A lot of people have claimed that he has He's manufactured, manufactured his documentaries. or edited those, edited. Well, the, a lot the, of people this, also make those claims when he had his let, newspaper. Let finish here. No, he's edited his movies to prove a point where they actually didn't. Oh, sorry. I won't whack that again. Where he, where the, the actual content, if you, watched it from beginning to end, would right. not have said the same thing. Well, he alters we, the story we, based on his We have things that are edited to prove a point every day, and it's called the news. You know, there's always... Uh, everyone's so got Greg, an agenda for anything that they're making. You're suggesting that that's exactly what he does? Or that's I'm what suggesting that that's what some people... Look, I have not researched Michael Moore, right. so but okay. I know that there is a criticism of him that says that that's what he does with his documentaries. What's to stop him from doing that with his... With his Biography. biography. Uh, absolutely. But, you know, at the time when he, wrote, when he uh, did the, his first film, Roger and Me, a lot of people looked at him and said, this guy's an idiot. He's crazy. 
Why would he say that GM is packing up an entire assembly line and shipping it to China? They're putting it on a train to go on a plane to China. And a lot of people actually said, you're an idiot. Why would China want an automotive assembly line? And look at today. 90% of your car parts are made in China on those assembly lines that they shipped over. But you know, he, he was a little bit visionary in that sense. He saw what was going on and said, stop, ruining our, stop taking our jobs away. He even infiltrated a, uh, uh, there was a, uh, a group of, uh, using taxpayer money, a lot of the big corporations went to Mexico to have a conference on how to move jobs off, off country without you know, uh, having your workers burn your you know, company down how to do it slowly and efficiently and get uh, offshore the jobs. And he was there and he infiltrated. I don't know why he didn't make it, you know, full documentary. Do you guys remember that. his TV show? He had a TV show? No, no, I, I didn't. Uh, Michael Moore had a TV show where he would, uh, you know, ambush, you know, the, the, the CEO of Colgate. It, it, it was ambush journalism. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, he is a, a confrontational journalist. Um, and I think it's, it's, Ugh. Look, it's kinda, uh, it's, look, Greg, you, you Greg, guys know I'm cool a libertarian. I'm, I'm polar opposite of Greg. Michael Moore's uh, politics. It's a little bit cruel to insinuate that he's going to lie in his autobiography for his own purposes. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't put it past I mean, him. Editing in the doc- That's all I'm saying. You wouldn't put it past him? Okay, That's all I'm editing saying. Editing in the documentary, fine. I mean, movies are edited. You know, everything comes from a perspective. I think nobody really believes in perfect ob- objectivity anymore. Right. This is a book that's going to sell. The more it sells, the more money he makes. It's just that I simple. Don't and, and for, I don't think he's really in it for the money anymore. Yeah, I think he's has enough, Greg. <laughs> I, I think that once you get past a certain level, then you're in it for integrity and you're in it for um, credibility and you're in it for... Look, folks, you, you want an obje- objective read, opinion. with a grain of salt. That's you're listening to Paul the Book Guy. Fair enough. I, 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 I'm a libertarian. I, I'm, I'm far beyond conservative. I, I want no interference in anything and in government interference in business. Uh, and to say that Michael Moore's politics are my polar opposite is dead nuts on. And still, I went into this thinking of him as a little bit of a douchebag. Uh, I, I read the thing. Yes, like I said, they're incredible stories. But when you see the actual picture of him standing there with the banner in, in Germany, and, you know, he tells the tale that Reagan's uh, limousine went by. Sure, can't prove all that, except that, you know, like CBS cameras were on him at the time. You know, uh, some things you can't, you know, dismiss summarily because there's, you know, recorded evidence. I'm not saying dismiss things summarily. I'm literally just grab that little grain of salt, put it under your pillow while you're reading it. That's all I'm (laughs) saying. Gotcha, gotcha. And believe me, when uh, reading this, I did remember I really didn't want to read it. But uh, very entertaining. Like I said, if only half of it's true, it's still an entertaining autobiography. Michael Moore's Here Comes Trouble. I'm I'm looking at the board. It's empty. Our set list. We knocked it down. <laughs> it you know what that like means? We have some sort of electronic board. Uh, yeah, you were, you were looking itself. like for like uh, the. <laughs> it's, it's a piece of cardboard with uh, red ink. We, no, empty. we've gone through this before. This is just like a, a band in college where we just write up a set list before tape we get it to, going. It's, tape it it's, to the there's floor. There's a green, tape green masking tape. There's and, a white uh, paper and going. a red sharpie. That was our set list, folks. So we knocked off the set list today. We didn't think we'd actually make it through. We were in a bit Red of a timeline Sharp- today. Red Sharpie. That was the name of my uh, high school band. <laughs> I played bass. I think, uh, yeah, the name of my high school band.com. Somebody register that for Greg, and uh, we'll put a list there of all his high school bands that he was so popular in. Uh, guys, 
Another week has come and gone. We made it through episode 13, Jinxed. It was, it's no longer Jinxed. It's been two weeks since we've been uh, on the top of Book Mountain. It's uh, nice to be back. It is very nice to be back, and I think we're sounding good. Uh, the new Deutschlander uh, the new material equipment well. seems to be working out. <laughs> that was so bad. That was really bad German grammar. <laughs> I just love the way you said Deutschlander. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, everybody, we'll see you next week. They can't I, fight uh, a war, but they make great mixers. <laughs> they make great mixers. Oh. I'm Paul the Book Guy. I'm Chris the Book Guy. I'm Greg the Book Guy. We'll see you next week. Same book time, same book channel. Well, uh, gentlemen, you know that we do some writing for the site. Well, uh, <laughs> fuck. Ah!